0: Coming up next, please stay tuned for It Is Written, presented by Pastor John Bradshaw. This is It Is Written. I'm John Bradshaw. Thanks for joining me. Some things take time. That pie you put in the oven, that's going to take 30 or 40 minutes to bake. No matter what you do, you need to give it half an hour or so or it's not going to be what you want it to be. There's a process you have to follow. You make the pie, you put it in a hot oven, and you wait. These things take time. There's a process. You hurt your knee, you have to have surgery. The doctor tells you it's going to be six months to a year before you can get back to normal. You might be jogging in nine months, say, maybe six. But you're not going to be running six or eight weeks after damaging your ACL. That's just not going to happen. You wish it would, but it won't. These things take time. There's a process. The married couple who want to have a baby know how long they'll have to wait after conception. Since the dawn of time, this has taken nine months. And wishing that process could be sped up won't change a single thing. These things take time. There's a process. Now, Jesus said the same thing about spiritual growth, and understanding that is critical in a life of faith. Look with me at Mark 4, starting in verse 26. He said, "'The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself.'" First the blade, then the head, and after that, the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Jesus is talking about spiritual growth, and he describes that process. A man sows seed. The kingdom of heaven getting into you and becoming more and more a part of you and transforming you is like seed being planted in the ground. Now, every year, my wife and I grow a garden. It's not going to win any prizes. Sometimes garden might be too grand a word, to be honest. We're going to get some tomatoes planted, a few other things. We'll have sunflowers just because we love them. And we'll get some seeds in the ground or in little starter pots. And then we wait. The seed packet will typically tell you, 30 days to harvest. 60 days to harvest, 90 days to harvest. And there are times along the way that you have to remind yourself that, yes, one day these little things will actually end up on your dinner table. But you cannot speed up the process. A tomato is probably going to take you from 60 to 100 days. Jalapenos will be about 80 days. You're not going to change that. Now, radishes you'll get in 20 to 25 days. But eggplant, more likely 120, maybe longer. It'll depend a little bit on where you live, but what we know is that these things take time. There's a process. In the Bible, Jesus spoke a lot about seeds. And wanting to find out more about seeds, I came to southern Missouri. Incidentally, about 10 minutes or so from where Laura Ingalls Wilder and her husband Almanzo lived for 60 years after moving here from South Dakota. I wondered if I could get some insights into the little miracles That are seeds. All right, Weston. So tell me something
1: interesting about seeds that most of us don't know. A lot of people don't know that a coconut is a seed. It's a seed. It's one big seed. Another thing that people don't know is that some seeds actually have, um, they measure temperature and they won't germinate until they've had a period of cold weather because that seed wants to know that it's gone through winter before it will sprout. Do you notice much
0: variation between seeds? Perhaps the question's obvious. This seed will function this way, that seed will function that way. They're not all exactly the same.
1: No, they're not. My question, I suppose, really is, they've been programmed differently, right? Yes. Very different genes. Very different um, product when you grow. You know, you get this out of one seed, you get this out of another seed. Huge variation. And even, even within cabbages or even within this species you'll have large seeds, you'll have small seeds you'll have, you'll have red cabbages you'll have pointed ones, you'll have round ones you'll have flat ones it's all in the, the genes that are locked in that seed ready to, ready to burst out so this cabbage is a magnificent thing what did it start off as? this cabbage started this past uh, late fall as one of these This is the seed that actually grows this specific variety of cabbage. So that little thing there, one of those tiny seeds, grows into that. Yep. All itself produces more
0: seeds. Correct. Starts like a seed in the ground and grows up. It's a great object lesson, isn't it?
1: It is. You know, we were talking about how you can't speed up the process, but you can delay the process if you don't give the right conditions. This isn't going to turn into this, or it's going to take a lot longer. There's a process. Jesus said, for the earth yields crops by
0: itself. First the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And it's that process that causes some people to stumble. Two ways. One... You get some people who feel like all they have to do is come to Jesus and that's kind of everything. But that's not kind of everything because Jesus wants to prepare you for the harvest. He wants you to grow and become the most complete reflection of Jesus that heaven can transform you into. Now, the other person who stumbles is the person who feels like they're not good enough for heaven and they never will be. Now, I'm gonna shock you. There's some truth in that statement. In fact, a lot of truth. We'll look at it together in just a moment.
2: Today's free offer is Victorious Living a New Life in Jesus. You'll learn how to move beyond the mistakes of yesterday to experience victory today. To receive Victorious Living a New Life in Jesus, call 800-253-3000 right now. That's 800-253-3000 or visit us online at iiwoffer.com. Get this free resource now and enter into the life of victory God wants for you. 800-253-3000 or iiwoffer.com.
0: Thanks for joining me on It Is Written. Did you ever meet someone who thought they could never be good enough for eternal life? You might have been one of those people. You might still be one. If that's the case, then this is a divine appointment. Notice what Jesus said in Mark chapter 4. He compared the kingdom of heaven, the work of God's saving grace, to a man planting seeds. Somehow, the man doesn't know how, the seed grows. Jesus said, The earth yields crops by itself. First the blade appears, a little ribbon of green that pokes its head up out of the ground. At first you can hardly see it. Then it grows, and the head of grain appears. Then the fully formed grain is in the head of the plant. And then it goes on to ripen and is ready for the harvest. And Jesus said, This is an illustration of how the kingdom of heaven works in a life. So here's what you've got to know, and you can learn this from horticulture. When you plant a seed in the ground, what happens? Well, usually what happens is completely invisible to the eye, but something is happening, something transformational. Now, let's apply this to somebody's life, maybe yours. You come to faith in Jesus and you're expecting what? Well, you have the absolute assurance of salvation through Jesus because of what he did for you when he died on the cross for your sins. You can have peace in your heart. But when you come to Jesus and you start to grow, what was it Jesus said? First, the blade. It's believed that the largest tree in the entire world right now by volume is the General Sherman, a giant sequoia growing in Sequoia National Park in California, just 25 miles or so as the crow flies from Mount Whitney, the tallest mountain in the lower 48. The General Sherman is 275 feet tall, three quarters of the length of a football field. It's 36 feet across at the base. The General Sherman has a volume of 52 and a half thousand cubic feet. By comparison, an 80-feet-tall spruce tree is going to have a volume of around 100 feet. The General Sherman is gigantic. It's also 2,500 years old, or maybe older. It was growing when Jesus was on the earth. It may have been growing when Nebuchadnezzar invaded Jerusalem and took Daniel captive in 605 B.C., It's really big, but it's been growing a long time. They say the tallest tree in the world is a tree called Hyperion, growing somewhere in Redwood National Park in Northeastern California. At 380 feet tall, it's taller than the tallest building in Amarillo, Texas, and that's 31 stories. This is a really tall tree. And it's 800 years old. See, growth takes time. Both of those trees started really small, but just kept growing. And that's what you ought to do. I don't know where you are as a tree or maybe as a wheat plant. Maybe you're the blade, the ear, something else. But that's not what's most important. What's most important is that you keep on growing. Now, there are several things you want to do to ensure that you grow spiritually. First, put down roots into the Word of God. God's Word is alive, and if you get it into your mind, if you get it into your heart, it'll not only change you, but it will go on changing you. Trying to live a genuine Christian life without reading the Bible is like trying to make water run uphill. You just can't do it. You've got to get the Word of God into your mind. Read it. Memorize it. Read it some more and believe it put a seed in the ground and it'll grow. Immerse yourself in the word of God and you'll grow. No, you won't become Enoch overnight, but you'll be saved in Christ and you'll grow. Now, some people are frustrated by the fact that they make the same spiritual mistakes over and over again. Yes, that can be frustrating, but here's what you're going to do. You're going to read the promises of God and bring them to Jesus and claim them. Peter wrote this. 2 Peter one verse four, by which had been given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And keep in mind, this was written by a man who had failed Jesus spectacularly. So, you have an anger problem. You find a promise or a principle in the Bible that deals with that, and you bring it to God and you claim it. Start with Proverbs 15, verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You tell God you want that promise, that principle carried out in your life. Tell God you're tired of losing your temper. Tell Him you don't want to. Tell Him that in your humanity, you are too weak to change, and tell Him you expect to see Proverbs 15, 1 play out in your experience. And bring it to him again and again. You are planting seeds when you do that, and you're preparing for the harvest. Or you could bring to God Ephesians four, thirty one and thirty-two. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Tell God you're willing for that to be done in your life. James 1 verse 20, For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Same again. Lord, I see that. I want that. Through your presence in my life, I believe I have that. Now, you're weak. Philippians 4.13 is for you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You're struggling to hold it together. Isaiah 40 verse 31, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. You are planting seeds and preparing for the harvest. You're bringing God His Word and telling Him you believe there's power in His Word to do what it says it can do, and that you're expecting to see that power unleashed in your life. And now you're going to start getting over some of those humps in your Christian experience. This idea, I'm not good enough. The fact is, that's true. No one is good enough. Only Jesus, which is why you claim him as your savior and believe in his goodness. You do that every day, every day. Christ is your righteousness. Believe that and you'll never be the same again. And if the devil ever tells you again that you're not good enough, just ignore him and thank God for the gift of Jesus. You don't want to be good enough. You want to be a Christian trusting in Jesus to live his life in you. Look at these two verses. They are life-changing. First, Galatians 2 and verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me you see that jesus lives in you and you live by faith in him and philippians 2:13 it is god who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure there it is again jesus works in you to do his will in your life. So what else can you do to ensure your continued spiritual growth? We are going to be practical. You don't want to miss it. I'll be right back. Thank you for remembering that It Is Written exists because of the kindness of people just like you. To support this international life-changing ministry, Please call us now at 800-253-3000. You can send your tax-deductible gift to the address on your screen, or you can visit us online at itiswritten.com. Thank you for your prayers and for your financial support. Our number again is 800-253-3000, or you can visit us online at itiswritten.com. The ground shook. Lightning flashed. There was thunder. God gave his Ten Commandments, writing them on stone, delivering them to Moses to take down from the mountain to the people. Are those Ten Commandments still valid and relevant for us today? Join me for Great Chapters of the Bible, our ongoing series on It Is Written, as we look at another great chapter of the Bible, Exodus chapter 20. Written long ago, but is it relevant for us today? And if Exodus chapter 20 is relevant for you and me today, how does God want it to impact our lives? We'll dig deep. Exodus chapter 20, another great chapter of the Bible. Don't miss it. Brought to you by It Is Written. You know that at It Is Written, we are serious about the study of the Word of God. And we encourage you to be serious about God's Word also. Well, I want to share with you another way that you can dig deeper into the Word of God. And here it is. Itiswritten.study Go online to itiswritten.study and you can access the It Is Written Bible Study Guides, 25 in-depth Bible studies that will walk you through the Bible. It's going to be good for you and it's the sort of thing that you will want to tell somebody else about so that they can dig deeper into the Word of God and come to know the things of the Bible intimately. As you get into the It Is Written online Bible study guides, you'll understand the prophecies of the Bible, the plan of salvation, and more. So don't forget, It Is itiswritten.study. itiswritten.study. If you want to grow spiritually, you read the Bible. You get the Word of God into your heart. As David wrote in Psalm 119, "'Your word have I hidden in my heart "'that I might not sin against you.'" There is power in God's Word to keep you from falling into sin, but it can't keep you if it's not within you. You want to take time to pray, spend time in God's presence, surrender your life to Him, connect with Him, do that, and you're going to grow. And remember that while it's important that you ask for things in prayer, prayer is really you and God coming into harmony, joining as one. It's a meeting of minds. Let that be your focus and you'll grow. If you're just bringing God a shopping list every time you pray, you're missing something. Far too many people aren't praying. Maybe it's because we live in a drive-through, fast-food, instant-everything world that people figure they can microwave their prayer life. You really cannot. Prayer takes time. If you're going to pray a one- or two-minute prayer, you're going to be a one- or two-minute Christian. You're just stunting your spiritual growth. You've got so much to talk to God about. So take as much time as you reasonably can and communicate with God spend time in His presence. Then your spiritual life will take off because you've begun to pray like you should. Since the pandemic, more and more people are staying away from church. Now, if you have to, you have to, but if you don't have to, you don't want to. Attending church is an important part of spiritual growth. Now, if church for you is just a show where you enjoy a performance by the musicians, then another performance by the preacher, Yeah, that's not healthy. But if you're going to worship God, to grow your faith, to be part of a body of believers that has a mission, a purpose, if you're a producer rather than a consumer, you're going to experience growth. Sharing your faith is a vital part of spiritual growth. When you get involved in service and in witnessing, when your faith is stretched a little, and when as a disciple of Jesus you look at making other disciples That's another important aspect of spiritual growth. Also, if you grow plants, you know you've got to protect them from pests. Sometimes Bambi thinks your garden is for her. Groundhogs and raccoons and rabbits and chipmunks and bears will all come along looking for what you're growing, along with Japanese beetles and moths and caterpillars and hornworms. It can be a battlefield out there. Same in your spiritual life. There are pests. Sometimes it's TV or the internet or certain people or any number of things. You know the devil wants to keep you from growing. So he sends pests to distract you and slow down your progress. Guard against the pests. There's another place Jesus spoke about seeds. It's John chapter 12. had to ask somebody about this.
1: So a couple things uh, people often deal with in their home garden is deer. A lot of people plant a beautiful garden and then one day, oh no, you know the deer have wiped it out. So there are things you can do for that. Um, obviously, staking a dog out by the garden is a is one good option. Another option is you can get lightweight deer netting that um, it's easy to put up, it's easy to take down. But the way it works is it's it's since it's almost see through, the deer can't really tell where it starts and, and ends. And so they walk up and they brush up against it. They're like, whoa, whoa. And they'll jump back. And even though it's really fine, it actually, it's pretty effective. Another thing people deal with is aphids. And aphids are something that can be helped with beneficial insects. Like in our greenhouses, works really well in a greenhouse. You've got a closed-in environment. We release thousands of ladybugs. And the ladybugs feed on the aphids. That helps to reduce the aphid population. And there are other beneficials we use, such as uh, predatory wasps that that parasitize the aphids. So all these things work together to put pressure on the diseases, put pressure on the pests, and hopefully suppress them enough that they don't cause an issue.
0: Which is consistent with Jesus' teaching when he said, Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Now, where's he going with this? He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. I wonder if we might not be missing something in our Christian experience. The call to follow Jesus is a call to something radical. It's not some kind of modification. It's not a cultural shift. A life of following Jesus is described by Jesus as a death followed by living a productive, growing life. Takes nothing to carry a Bible, call yourself a believer attend a church what Jesus is looking for is someone who will stand for him though the heavens fall someone who will be true no matter what the world around them is doing it's easy to be swept along by society and what we're seeing in the world today is preparing people to be caught up in the last great deceptions before Jesus returns now I'm not talking about being political that's easy too Jesus is talking about being a Christian. That's someone who puts God first in their life and in their lifestyle. Jesus said, He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. He calls you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. If you let Jesus have your heart, if you let the old you die and allow Jesus to make you a new creation, you'll experience spiritual growth. And you won't stop growing. You'll grow all the way until the harvest. Seed time, hiding God's Word in your heart, and harvest, ready for eternity with Jesus. You ask God to do that work in your life, and He will,
2: completely. Today's free offer is Victorious Living a New Life in Jesus. You'll learn how to move beyond the mistakes of yesterday to experience victory today. To receive Victorious Living a New Life in Jesus, call 800-253-3000 right now. That's 800-253-3000 or visit us online at iiwoffer.com. Get this free resource now and enter into the life of victory God wants for you. 800-253-3000 or iiwoffer.com. Let me pray for you now. Let's pray
0: together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for spiritual growth, and we want to grow and keep on growing until the harvest. There's something in your life, friend, that is preventing you from growing spiritually. Why don't we surrender that to Jesus now? Could be a thing, a habit, an addiction, a person. Whatever it is, Jesus can take it away and clear your path to victory let our heart be yours only friend would you surrender your heart to jesus now would you like to say take my heart and make it yours completely we don't have much time before jesus returns father would you see our hearts take them make them yours and defend them keep them as your own until jesus returns we thank you and we pray In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm looking forward to seeing you again next time. Until then, remember, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God.
2: You've been listening to It Is Written, presented by Pastor John Bradshaw,
0: We hope you have been blessed and that your faith in God has been renewed. Join us again next week at the same time on this station for It Is Written with John Bradshaw. This program was produced by It Is Written, all rights reserved. It Is Written is a faith-based ministry. Thank you for your letters and continued support. For more information, please visit our website, itiswritten.com.